bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hey guys, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Briona, my lovely co-host slash everything person, Catherine G. Mendoza. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hello to the people. My upper lip is sweating. <laughs> Yo, my upper lip is sweating. I love how you give them updates. Like, hello, people. My upper lip is sweating. <laughs> hello, people. I have a tiny microphone. <laughs> she does. I you do. Have I have a little microphone. baby tiny microphone that I love that was given to me by Sam Murphy. Shout out to Smurphy. Uh, love you. Thank you for the tiny <laughs> microphone. I'm like, what episode was she on? Just look at the archive, Sam Murphy. Yes, look at the archive, Sam Murphy. She's a brilliant, 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 wonderful, amazing human being who I will hopefully see soon uh, when I'm out in LA. Thankfully, you know, for a little I, bit. I need some of the sunshine. I like, oh, hell yeah. I like this mic because normally, y'all don't know this unless you watch the videos, but <laughs> normally Gina sometimes has my uh, headphones on or, but like like the, the little earbuds kind of stuff. Or recently she's been putting them over ear, a very like 90s Britney Spears <laughs> microphone mouth style. Literally, you've been looking like that. Like, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly. So what, I really, can't even, I can't even front. She's absolutely right. I've never said it in this moment. I was like, <laughs> yes, I have the <laughs> She has a microphone. <laughs> No, it's been ridiculous. It really has. And so now that I have this little microphone, I'm like, all right, I'm going to play with this little microphone and see what we could do with this little mic. Yeah. No. Um, um, so you were saying, sun- I have the sun hitting me right now. I hear you. Like, I miss the sun. Like, yes. not like when people go outside for a walk. It's a sunny day. That's not the same type of sun. No, I miss going somewhere where sun is like, part of the community. Yes. <laughs> that's a perfect way to describe it. That's a, that's exactly how it is out in Cali. Like sun is part of the lifestyle. Yes. Yes. In New York, beautiful. cousin, like, you know, a, a grumpy neighbor, but yeah. in LA, no, it is who greets you. It's who puts you to bed. Yes. Like, yes. It's I, beautiful. Yeah. I miss it so much. I'm missing a lot lately. I don't know. Like, um, I got a visit from my sister. I have an identical twin sister and I'm uh, very close with her. And I got to tell you the story because this was bananas. All right. So, and I know this has happened. Catherine, I know this has happened to so many freaking women. And why more women don't do this is beyond me. My sister and I were talking, right? And she's single. She's very single and looking for the right man. I will actually be questioning whoever wants to date my sister next. Um, because I feel like I, I've got to put my foot down and be like, you know, she's she's dating below her value. You know what I mean? Like when you date below your worth and you're like and you just you ever seen a couple and one of them is just for lack of a better word, a complete piece of shit. And you're like, how is this working? Oh, because the other person is allowing this to happen. Yeah, you know, no, I get I feel like she needs a checklist yes she needs a checklist of oh like you you did this oh sorry you don't qualify for this like oh you got this this and this oh dope you got your job you got a job you got confidence you're respectful okay like these are the things so look at it like getting a loan right until you marry maybe this is a loan this is is, i'm loaning you I'm, i'm alone 
So what are the qualifications? Do you qualify for this loan? Do you qualify for this loan? I don't think you do, sir. Please leave this bank. Oh, no. Listen, Mira, and we're not even talking like, maybe like something happened and your credit got messed up. But what are you doing to build your credit? See, right? Because like, I understand some people like, oh, I I mean, I, I would prefer to be with somebody who already has been building their credit, right? But let's just say, Something happened this year that messed up your credit and something mm-hmm. that was uncomfortable. But you're getting up and doing something about it. Okay, cool. Just like banks. Just like when people, you get an apartment, they want to see that you are reliable. I thought you said just like bangs. Like bangs? <laughs> and I was like, what that had to do with bangs? What? Did I miss something? No, but I see exactly. I agree 100% with what you're saying. So my sister's single and dudes be hitting her up all the time because she cute as hell. She looked like me. You know what I'm saying? Um, So she got hit up by this dude that wanted a picture of her feet. Right. He wanted a picture of her feet. And she's like telling me that she's looking through her phone and she's like, oh, this guy asked for a picture of my feet. And I said, tell him it's five thousand dollars. I literally told her, I said, Tell him if he wants a picture of your feet, it's $5,000. I don't know anybody who has $5,000 feet, but I will tell you this. You could see my $4.99 feet for $5,000. Like, plain and simple. You you want something special? You want me to send you a picture of my body part? Well, then you could pay me. We need to start charging for booty pics. We need to start charging that. Oh, you going to send me a dick pic? That's so nice of you. Oh, you want a pic in return? $400, what you want? $400, you just get a shoulder. No, yo, no, you're right. Like, oh, first off, my first question is, um, where did she meet this guy? Because This was somebody online that just randomly hit her up. Oh, damn. I'm Freaking socials. Like, they're like, I'll pay for your feet website. Because uh, I, <laughs> I, mean, I would really love to know. <laughs> even though the right one is nicer than the left one, I'm just saying, like, I, <laughs> I know my feet, like... Yo, Photoshop the right foot on the left foot. Like, do some Photoshop magic. Yeah, because, like, the left foot, second toenail, she's hurting right now. No, nah, I, I got grown man feet. You know, Y'all don't want no pictures of my feet. <laughs> See, I don't. I have, like... No, you have cute feet. Hobbit feet. You have yeah, cute like, little feet. You have tiny feet. I have hobbit feet. I literally <laughs> look like I climbing trees. Like... <laughs> I literally have baby feet and hands like but baby meaning like they're they're regular size I don't have like little hands like Trump but I have little <laughs> chubby hands a pudgy everything right so I always like I have the feet of what a pregnant woman gets that's you know hilariously I mean? true yes so it's like but the right one is just prettier right now the second yeah. the, the left one was attacked but then again like I think chubby feet are way cuter than skinny ass bony feet Depends on who you ask. I don't know. Skinny ass bony feet be freaking me out. Like, ew, Skeletor, put a freaking shoe on that. Ugh. You want to know why? Because you ever seen uh, a chicken foot? That's exactly what it reminds me of. Yeah. That's Where it. you could see all the freaking bones. Like, <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> oh, that's so nasty. I had a guy on my fan page ask me once um, to take a picture of my foot with my shoe dangling off my foot. Right. 
And I was like, please get off my page. I blocked him immediately and deleted him. And I was like, I should have charged him $5,000. Why didn't I have that brain back then? I would have been like, $5,000. Here's my Venmo, $5,000. Venmo. That girl was giving you a mixture of Zillow and Venmo. Here's my Zenmo. So what did she do she told him, she said $5,000. I got to find out if he ever responded because she told him $5,000 for a picture of my feet. I thought you can't have no shame because the worst that's going to happen is that he's not going to respond or he's going to be like, I ain't paying you no $5,000. All right, then you ain't getting no feet pictures. So I wonder if, like, is it smarter to give a range? Like what you, well, like what you get the big toe for like... <laughs> 350 <laughs> oh no like a range like if you want you want feet pics instead of going for the hard five you go from like my my range starts at this and okay and how high is that because you probably know he won't give you the high yeah that's smart in the in the long run i think if like you're getting a lot of requests for shit like when i was single i would get a lot of i would get so many men that were into being dominated by women and I guess I sort of come across as dominating. And so <laughs> they were like, they would message me and be like, I just, I just want to be dominated by you. I just want you to tell me this, like, yes, mistress. Yes. And I'd be like, man, I really should have capitalized on that. And I, now that you mentioned that range, I should have given a range and been like, yo, if you pay me this much, I'll be, I'll be this, this dominating. If you pay me this much, woo, you gonna get the work. What? Like, I don't feel like I'm living. Nobody's ever asked me for, like, anything unconventional. Yo, somebody just hit me up on my Cameo, on my Cameo account, where I give shout-outs to people that, you know, fans that want shout-out videos and stuff like that. Um, Somebody legit hit me up on my Cameo and was like, and the same thing, like, I love strong women. I want you to to uh, tell me what to do. I want you to da-da-da-da. He gave me, like, this whole list. I never responded. And now I'm like... I really should have told him, yo, email me and I'll give you my prices. Oh my God, yes. Like, if I could talk my husband into that, if I could be like, yo, babe, this is for the family. It's for the family. It's for the family. Like, you gotta, it's for the family. I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing booty stuff. I'm just gonna. Oh no, what happened to my microphone? Can you hear me? I'm just laughing because that is some like, Ain't shit, shit to say. Like, I do it all for the family. <laughs> like, Why'd you kill them three people? I did it for the family. Enough said. All right. <laughs> what I'm gonna tell you not to do for your family? Go ahead, take them feet pics. Yo, I no, I'm I'm really feel like I'm I'm I don't know what message I'm putting out there to the world that nobody's come with me with a kink. I don't know. Maybe I get. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I get. Maybe I'm terrifying them to the level of like she ain't gonna send no beat bitch she ain't gonna abominate nobody she kill you like, she just she just told me i was corny right to my face i ain't gonna ask her for no feet pics. that's what i need i need a guy to hit me up and be like yo i love a girl who calls me corny i'm your girl what's the price what's, just tell, tell me what time of the day you want me to text you yo you mad corny though <laughs> i just text you yo with your corny ass <laughs> that's it. Happy, happy monday with your cornea. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we about to flip this game, bro. Everything, right? Just be like, happy sun giving. Your cornea. Yes. 
<laughs> Yo, for real, for real. Ladies, if you are listening and you are single, you got to do this. Anytime a creeper hits you up, and, and guess what? You don't have to send a picture of your feet. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yo, one time I got caught. This dude asked for like a dirty picture. I was single, right? And he asked for a, he asked for a titty pic. And uh, I'd like to thank my family for listening to this podcast right now. Um, <laughs> and I legit downloaded a picture of titties and sent it to him. And he was like, those ain't your titties. <laughs> I totally did that. Yo, no, I not only did that, but like I made sure that the skin tone was similar. Me like, too. That. I was like, she, I mean, you know, we got to make it realistic for you. <laughs> we got to make it at least the idea that yeah. is. I don't know how he figured it out, but he was like, those ain't your titties. And I was like, yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they, yes, they are. Why do you, what? <laughs> what do you mean those are, huh? What? Huh? Oh my God. No, that's so, you know, and again, this message is for anybody listening. Mm-hmm. Capitalize off of it. And if your husband says something, it's for the family. You know, if you got a kink, I respect, respect, fine. I don't have, I'm not going to judge you, nothing, but you're going to have to pay for that joint. I'm sorry. You have to pay for it. No, no. See, your, God knows why he didn't give me a booty because <laughs> I would be dangerous, yo. You would be dangerous with a booty. Like just my attitude, I would be. No, dangerous. Like, I would not care about feelings. Feelings? What? I have a booty. What are feelings? Do you see these nalgas? Do you think these nalgas care about your feelings? Like, the more I, I you, you know, you're an anomaly because you have nalgas and a sense of humor. Because I feel <laughs> like girls without nalgas are the ones who have to learn sense of humor. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty, but. You know what I mean? I'll make you laugh during the, the act. <laughs> Yo, the first the first time I met Catherine, when we went for coffee, that time we went for coffee, we were talking about um, comedy. You brought up the no booty thing. It's my introductory story. Oh my God. And it was the funniest thing I had ever heard this chick talk about how she be psyching dudes out and like she walks past them and they do the booty check and then she turns around and looks at them and goes, ah, <laughs> like, I knew you was going to look. It's no booty. It's no booty. Yeah, I know. It's my favorite hobby. Except for if I think he's cute. Then I'm like, psych. Well, let's talk about this. Stuff. Psych, but I got a great personality. <laughs> just letting you know. That's when I just walk sideways. <laughs> Before you look at before you look at my backside, let me just let me just answer a couple questions. Let me just kick it with you for a minute. That's so fun. You know what I'm the equivalent of? There's this theory that like men begetting women, the ones with like you know smaller packages, uh-huh. they, they make they they make you fall in love with them first. Mm-hmm. So that then once it's revealed, I'm it's, I almost spit my coffee at my computer screen. I'm the one. That, I'm the booty um, equivalent of that. Except they have a longer time that they can hide it from you. I can't. Once you nah, see- nah. Let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. Because I've been with men that are on the extremely small side, uh-huh. and that I am so sorry, gentlemen. I am so very sorry. If your girl is with you and you are small, she loves. She loves you. She loves you. 
because the times that I have been with a, a man and he has been, I mean, like tiny though. Like I'm not talking like average size. I'm talking like, like this mic, like the mic I'm holding right now. Like, <laughs> I want y'all to know she's holding a mic with two, two fingers. You holding it like it's a blunt. Like, <laughs> she, she was about to take a hit off her microphone. <laughs> Let's take a blood stop. Let me take a pulse. <laughs> Yo, I can't. Why are we so hilarious today? Um, oh, we're on another level of hilariousness today, guys. Uh, but yeah, like I'm talking like small, small, where it's like uh, uh, the times I've been with guys like that, I've been like, man, your personality better be off the chain. Wow. And twas not. <laughs> twas the not. Twas the latter. The personality was as small as the penis. Oh, no. Yeah. No. I think I've only had that experience once. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I'm just saying, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. That makes me feel insecure. Um, it's, I know that sounds weird, but it, it, it does make women feel insecure. And they won't. we won't verbalize it because we're kind. Yep. Um, but the one time, his personality, amazing. Like, great personality. His sex appeal was amazing. He fooled me. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I was so, and I, here's the thing. He fooled me so much that I did it three times because I just, I, I convinced myself, oh, you were drunk. No, you weren't. No. Or you were this. No. No. By the third time, I was like, okay, we have to accept the reality <laughs> of what this is. Like, and you know, here's the funny thing. This person has kind of crept up. He's, he's a friend, like a mm -hmm. distant friend he we never had anything like that but we connected within the last year or so and the, his personality still chef's kiss yeah so there's the tonta in me that still low-key be like because <laughs> that was like a decade ago you know Catherine maybe and that when I sometimes just gotta remind myself really girl really that's you when you that's when you gotta let the coochie do the thinking because the coochie's gonna be like um excuse me Miss, miss, we've been here before. Well, you know, apparently, according to a TikTok, this could be inaccurate. Um, <laughs> according to a TikTok, where we get all of our relevant information. Um, according to a TikTok, uh, uh, there was a TikTok I saw that the girl said that her gyno said that um, basically anything um, older than seven years ago is basically off your body count permanent record. Like in your body, like your body doesn't, I, I don't Remember. know, I don't know if it's like a Gucci rejuvenation, like <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but technically he don't exist now because that was 10 years ago. So maybe- Gucci yeah, deleted his existence. Bio was deleted, yes. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe my Gucci is like, Hmm, him, him, him. What do we remember? And it's literally, it, it's not even my coochie has to remember. It's my brain. My mm -hmm. brain is, Catherine, not once, not twice, <laughs> but three times. Because your coochie is like memory foam. Your yeah. coochie won't remember until it's there. Yes. Did you know, according to another TikTok, yo, I sound like, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I really do. Um, I'm like, because literally, that, that, I just need a podcast called, According to a TikTok, that's it. <laughs> that's my whole podcast. 
<laughs> and it's, I make it sound like I know really intellectual facts, but it's all just TikTok. You know, according to a TikTok, <laughs> like the boss, a TikTok, like not a doctor, not a journal I read, not any kind of medical journal, not anything like that, but according to a TikTok, and I fully believe in the validity of this statement. Like TikTok is like the new Wikipedia, where it's mm-hmm. like you shouldn't be taking it as law. But according to a TikTok, the inside of your cheek is the same material as the inside of a vagina. I saw the same TikTok and uh, immediately I was like, "Mm, I'm going to have to take a poll to ask people. So, gentlemen, having experienced both, is it true? Is it true? Is it true, gentlemen? Is it true? I don't want to hear this from my brother who I know is listening. Don't tell me if you're my brother. Please don't tell me. Please don't text me and tell me. I don't even want you to think about this anymore. Mom, I never had this conversation. You were hallucinating this whole time. I never even had this conversation. We never mentioned coochies. Nothing ever happened. Mm-mm, no. Silent poll. So we don't know who, like an anonymous poll. Yes. So people can vote, but we don't know who it is. Yeah. Well, we'll just, we'll have to create something so you guys can let us know. Yes, like if you're following us on IG, maybe we'll do one of those like story polls if, or, and then we'll do one also on Gina's page. Maybe like a little story thing where yeah, it's like, yeah. we'll find the TikTok, is this true? Yeah. That's it. We just want to see the percentages. So, yeah. Just like gentlemen, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> inquiring yeah. want to know. <laughs> inquiring vaginas want to know. <laughs> <laughs> About about whether or not it is in fact it, whether or not this tiktok is actually accurate yes i know <laughs> i think let me sip my uh, i saw another tiktok did you know it, it wasn't a tiktok or was it a story i don't remember but i think it was an ig so according to ig um gina's ig she <laughs> put a something up the other day that i saw and i was like ooh, great podcast topic it was a great post in general but amazing podcast topic and i wanted to know the nosy my nosy wanted to know who we talking about and then the other part was just like great point so this is what you said you made a good point on social media the other day and you said um please do not tell me what you think i can and cannot do my life is not based on the limitations of your mind what's up What's up? I wish I could tell you that there was some real dramatic, like crazy story, but I think I was honestly just in my feelings that day. And I think the person I was battling against was almost myself um, and demons of the past. Like I, I, I believe this may have been after running into um, my toxic ex. Ooh. And I think I was reliving those moments of of being told, you know, you're not going to make it for this. You're not going to make it for that. You know, you're too old for this. You're too, who's going to want you? Who's going to this or this, this? And I, I think what got me out of that situation, first of all, was the fact that my career started to take off. Um, and I always say this, the more you're away from something toxic like that, it's like being away from kryptonite. You start to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until you realize how unhealthy that situation is. And now you've built up the strength because you've been away from it. I started working and traveling and I was away from it for so long that I was like, oh yeah, this doesn't feel like something I want to come home to anymore. And Mm -hmm. 
I think that's what kind of sparked it because I know so many people have been through or are in the same position where it's like people tell you that you can't or you won't or yo, that dream is crazy or you can't achieve that. And I see it with my own family, my own friends, and it it irritates me because I was blessed enough to grow up with my parents at the time that me and my sister came around. I don't know if it was because they were older and, you know, maybe they had modernized themselves at this point, but they were very much like, you can achieve your dreams. You can go for it. You can do it. Go for it. We believe in you. Just have a plan B was always their thing, but they were never the people that tried to hold me back from anything, you know? And for that, I'm so thankful because I had that support because I had somebody there. So it's, it's almost like, it's so frustrating to me to hear someone limit themselves because of what another person said. Like, I just, it really, it irks me because I dealt with it for so long um, with my ex, among other things and among other uh, negative people in my life. But seeing somebody go through that is the most infuriating thing, especially when you know how beyond talented they are, how amazing they are, how much they could accomplish if they would just get out of their own way and stop living their lives based on what other people tell them they can and cannot do. So I think that's really the frustration where it came from. And I felt like every now and then, you know, that little, that little Jesus in me, I tap into that little, (laughs) that little Jesus in me. And I get that message of like, you know, I need to share this with people. I need to put it out there. You know, you know how you, some people call it, whether you believe in, in God, the universe, whatever, or both, as I believe they're kind of interchangeable, but, um, or one in the same rather that you get this feeling of like, I need to get this message out there. And when I get that feeling, I'm like, I don't care if it's three in the morning and I got to do this in my bathroom. I got this feeling now. And the reason why I say it's that Jesus in me is just because when you're in the church and you're moved to say something to somebody, you know, a lot of church people be like, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving me to tell you this. Yeah. When it's like the Holy Spirit is moving me to tell you this. And I used to get that a lot from people in church. And I always appreciate it because it was usually uh, messages of encouragement. It was never a message that was negative. It was, you know, usually don't give up, don't do this, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what it feels like to me. It's like, oh, something in my spirit is moving me to tell you this, to share this message. And so that's what happened with that statement. I was like, okay, something in me is telling me I have to share this. I have to say this. And I had to do it with that vigor of like this hypeness of like, if you just talk to yourself like this every day, you don't realize how much of your life would change. Right. That makes total sense. No, I, I, I liked, I liked the statement mostly because of my life is not based on the limitations of your mind. That part more um, because like the, please do not tell me what you think I can and cannot do. I feel like, um, that has become less overt in life, right? Like people are aware that it's not okay to tell somebody what they can and can't I think do. I think that's generational though. I think certain right. generations, yes. That's what I'm saying now. Yeah. Like the way things are now, people know that you have to be more covert with it. But that covertness is still the second um, yeah. sentence. My life is not based on the limitations of your mind, which is that still exists. Regardless of generation, people still express these limitations, right? And project them. So there's just, they found new ways to do it. So it's not as like overt as mm-hmm. years past, but it's still there, right? And I think the hard part is if you're an aware enough person in yourself to catch them. 
in the moments that it's being done. Because that's really hard because if it's somebody who you love or who loves you and, you know, overall, great person, great relationship, yeah. but their own limitations, their own fears are what they're projecting. That's really hard to decipher because we, we tend to think that um, it's only haters mm -hmm. who, who put the, nah, that's not true. It's not only haters. Um, it's also people who actually do love you. Like it made me think of, um, I keep seeing a lot of TikToks. Me go TikTok, yo, TikTok pay me. That may be it. <laughs> what I do is TikTok. Um, it sounds like that really is what it sounds like, but I've just been really focusing on my own TikToks. TikTok sponsor us, bro. Yo, like I'm out here. Come mess in progress. We, we really should talk to somebody. Yeah, really. um, but I feel like uh, I keep getting, well, TikTok and Reels where mm -hmm. it talks about, um, what, what is it? Oh, it keep, I keep getting these ones that talk about people you know being the less supportive ones compared to the people that are the strangers. That you will start a new business and it's strangers that will be supporting you at a thousand percent. But the people you know won't be sharing it, won't always be liking it, all that stuff. Can I say that I've been guilty of that? Probably, because mm -hmm. again, not everything shows up on my feed. Yeah. Right? So in that sense, I have a lot of understanding to the people that I know. But sometimes there are other people that I know who only come around to just celebrate the big posts, the ones that they think are so, are like super successful, right? Not the little ones, not the new endeavors, not those exciting little things. And I think it's because a part of them, not that they don't care for me, not that they want the worst for me, but a part of their apprehension to even start something new is what's like, let's see if this works out for her. So there's that limitation. There's mm -hmm. that like, um, you don't even believe uh, uh, in yourself enough to believe that when somebody else is believing in themselves enough that it's probable. And a part of you, whether you want to admit it or not, is being a little bit of a hater because you don't even have the goal to like go out and put that new thing and try mm -hmm. that new thing. And so again, it can be from the people you care. That's probably the hardest, the people you care from the most when that comes through the strangers, you know, whatever, because they they're disposable at best, like meaning their opinions, their opinions are disposable because yeah. they're a stranger. They're, they're irrelevant. Right. But again, yet, yet again, it's the strangers who I really feel like whether it's this podcast, whether it's um, my, my little TikTok page, the strangers are literally the ones who really be the number one fans. And it's like, yo, that's nuts because ironically, the ones who love you, yeah, when y'all talking about dreams and whatever, they do support you. They do want the best for you, right? But on a day-to-day, -day, you post a video, you post a blah, uh, maybe they get so close that they don't feel like, you know what? I love everything she's putting out. I, I like, you know, I just support. I'm very like, I don't just support to support. Yeah. But I know when people are posting stuff and they need the like and stuff because they need the motivation to keep going. Yeah, I think that's a uh, yeah, 100 percent. I agree with you 100 percent. I've been guilty of it, too. I'm so in my own world that I will forget that kind of stuff. But I'm the kind of person that if you were to say to me, yo, Gina, can you just like this video, share this video? I'd be like, oh, no doubt. Absolutely. I'll share it. No problem. But there's people that 
if you were to approach them like that, would be like, uh, I don't know if I want to put that on my page or I don't know if this, I don't know if that, like they question too much. Or there are people that like, and this is the thing that really, really gets on my nerves is when you tell somebody something you're about to do and they start hemming and hawing like, uh, you think that's a good idea? You think you could pull that off? Yeah, see, no, no. See, that's the, I mean, I, listen, a good idea, I, I, I accept that when somebody tells me, do you think that's a good idea? Because they have a better suggestion than how I can approach it. They're not negating it entirely. They're just going, um, that approach might be a little too, uh, uh, in like too much of a big endeavor for a beginning thing. Those don't bother me because constructive yeah. criticism, but you got to have the constructive yeah okay what's the solution do you have a solution no then you just got a Chris then no no thank you exactly then there wasn't any constructive criticism you just gave me criticism and what does that help right because and maybe this is just the way my brain works and sometimes you know my former therapist always used to tell me you can't you got to remember people don't think like you my brain always thinks of the solution Mm -hmm. tries at least and even if I don't think of the solution, I say it up front. I haven't figured out what the solution is, but can I, do you want me to share with you what I think about this, mm-hmm. right? I can figure out a solution with you. We can work on that if you want to, I'm willing to, but I never tell nobody criticism without knowing a kind of solution. Mm-hmm. I know how annoying that is and how discouraging. Cause again, you never know to what level, even the most confident, even the most like, I post shit out there. I, I, I do stuff. Has those days of insecurity. You don't know where you're triggering in that day. That might be the day that they go, you're right. I shouldn't have tried that. And that could have been a big opportunity. 100%. Yeah. So I, I, I love that video. It, it was really like, it was one of those, like, if I didn't know you, it was one of those I would have saw it and been like, yo, that shit is real. Like, that's, that's a real thing. Like, how much people try to uh like people put uh, uh roadblocks mm-hmm. because they got roadblocks on theirs like on their road it's nuts Ooh, mic drop catherine that's my today mic drops like that <laughs> all right guys that brings us to our tiktok of the day catherine take it away okay so our tiktok of the day comes from book underscore mama m-a-m-a so um it's one of those stitches if you do tiktok they have this stitch uh feature and so somebody else asked the question name something about the way you raise your kids that people think is weird but you think is healthy and book mama says i'm raising my five daughters to believe that there is no such thing as virginity it is a patriarchal concept used to control women and serves no purpose other than making women feel bad about um themselves just because some guy randomly sticks his penis in you at some point in your life does not change your work. Um, it does not change who you are. It does, doesn't do anything other than it just happened. Sex is important. Sex is a big deal. It should always be a big deal. It has nothing to do with your first time. It's ridiculous. The whole concept's ridiculous. And I get a lot of crap from other moms saying, don't you think that teaching your daughters that will make them promiscuous? I think, no, I'm raising them to be good people and have a solid foundation and make their own choices and make smart, intelligent choices. Not because some book tells me not to. Thoughts? Mm. I find this interesting as a mom, uh, but I'm mom to a little boy and she's particularly talking about um, 
how virginity pertains to females, um, which to me is like, okay, cool. You can teach them that there's, you know, so no such thing as the concept, the idea of virginity, but I think it's more important that you teach them to value themselves and their bodies over this idea that you create this illusion of there not being virginity. Cause the fact is little girls have a hymen. Hymens get broken when you have sex. That is the only time it ever happens is the first time you have sex. So it is an event the first time. It is a physical thing. It is an emotional thing for so many people. Why is it such a big deal for women? Because there's a physical change to your body. Something literally gets broken. So as much as I agree with the idea of not getting caught up in like, this ideal of like, oh, the first person that, you know, I ever had sex with, this is such a huge, you know, this is, he took my virginity. So I owe everything to this person. You know, that ideal is unhealthy to the point where I was so aware of it before I had sex for the first time. The first time I boned, I was like 18 years old. Right. And I, I met this guy and I really liked him. And I literally like, we did the, we did the, uh, the hibbity dibbity. And like afterwards, I literally turned to him and I was like, so are you like never going to call me again? Because at this point, that's cool. I don't care. But if we continue this and that's your intention, that's messed up. I'm like, you don't have to continue this right now just because you were my first. It was literally like I looked at it like something to get off my to do list with somebody I trusted. Like I needed to trust the person and be like, I trust you enough to let this happen but I didn't want to be infatuated with the person. Cause I think where, yeah. where the problem comes into play is that we give into this infatuation and we're just given to this ideal, this fairy tale that we're all taught, you know, and that's where the issue is, is believing this fairy tale that, you know, the first person you're with is going to make all your dreams come true and all this and yada, yada, yada. And y'all will be together forever. Like that's the kind of shit we need to squash. That's the kind of stuff we need to have. Yeah, we need to have realistic conversations with young people about the implications of a sexual relationship with somebody and about keeping your emotions in check because sex does change things. Sex does change relationships and and being aware of that instead of giving into these heightened emotions because sex can create jealousy. Sex can create possessiveness. Like all these things, you feel like you own somebody, which is why... I appreciate and respect my polyamorous friends. Mm. I respect them because they, a lot of them who are doing it correctly and living the lifestyle correctly are aware that people can, can have these intense emotions when it comes to sex and love and relationships. And they honor that but they honor it for every single relationship they have. They are open. They are upfront. They are honest with these people. And a lot of polyamorous people I know are really happy. <laughs> like I'm just saying they're really happy in their relationships. And I know a number of them that have settled down with people. So it's not like, you know, oh, I'm going to be polyamorous my whole life. One of my polyamorous buddies got married not too long ago. And he's, you know, he committed himself to this relationship. He found someone that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with, you know, and only spend it with that person. And so I respect it. I have a lot of respect for people like that. But in terms of this TikTok, 
I like the idea of making sure that women, young women, women at any age really don't feel bad about themselves. Don't look at sex as something they owe a man or owe anybody, no matter who your partner is, man, woman, whatever. And you don't owe anybody anything visa via sex. Like you don't, you don't owe them anything. Somebody bought you dinner. Great. And somebody spending time with you. Great. And like you stop using sex as a bargaining chip because that's not what it should be. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree on like the latter end of what you just said. Um, I feel like she's what she might be alluding to is a purity more than anything mm-hmm. that purity um, and innocence. Uh, and I'm not talking about childhood innocence. Cause I think uh, all children, regardless of perceived gender, it are, are innocent, yeah. but purity and innocence and this like uh, um, taintedness, that's what I think she's really trying to teach them. Right. What, and so maybe the problem is that she's using the word virginity to encompass those type of things. So I understand her reasoning, right? Her reasoning is that her humanity does is not limited by her body count mm-hmm. right? and in the way that a, a man shouldn't be. So I understand her there. Now, yeah. I don't know the answer to this about, um, for instance, like the hymen thing. I don't know if a hymen necessarily means virginity only because men do not have hymen. Right. Mm-hmm. And because a hymen can be broken riding a horse or doing gymnastics. Yeah. So I'm not I, now I do believe that that first sexual experience. I'm not I like, listen, I don't I don't I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's a fairy tale. It should be magical. You're very lucky if yeah, that first one was a great introduction. Because that's how it should be a great introduction. Right to something that is a part of life and a beautiful part of life and an enjoyable part of life if treated with respect, as she said, right? But the I also, you know, like yourself, am somebody lost my virginity around 18. Now, he was my boyfriend in high school. So we had the, you could say the cheesy, like, lost it to your high school love. And we had that. So mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate in that sense. He was also my uh, a virgin as well, right? But this is where I go back to the hymen thing. What did his virginity thing only just meant? He never put it in someone. That's yep. all it ever meant. And I was just the first vessel, <laughs> I guess you could say, right? So I think that, yes, there is a concept of virginity that I think, whether it's hymen related, not hymen related, whatever, that I think is harshly, um, like uh, that women are harshly judged on solely because once a man gets it done, ain't nobody worried about his body count. But a woman, this is more of a critique on what becomes of this woman's quote unquote body count mm-hmm. to keep her purity in order to keep her, uh, um, basically in order to keep her marriable in the idea of what, and what women are looked at as. I don't agree with that idea. And I, yeah. I agree with her that she should be teaching her daughters to be like, um, uh, 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 not that the virginity thing, but more like your value is not attached to your virginity or how you lost it or who you lost it or what's your body count. My biggest comment is on those, those mothers who say, aren't you worried about her being promiscuous? First, 
off. Uh, what's wrong with promiscuity if she's safe and careful mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. her choice, mm -hmm. right? Because it, promiscuity is not necessarily deemed promiscuity when it's a man. So that's where it's like, don't equate virginity to promiscuity and don't villainize promiscuity if a person is being safe, if they're being honest, as you said, because mm -hmm. you see somebody who's, um, what did you say, polyamorous? Mm -hmm. You could see somebody polyamorous as promiscuous, right? In the definition. Yeah. But a healthy, respectful, honest, uh, uh, safe situation across the board, then that's not necessarily a bad thing. So I, I think that this is more, um, her points were wrong, tackling it under the guise of virginity um, complicates it because the issue is bigger. The issue is, yeah. she is right about, it lives within patriarchy. She is mm -hmm. right about that. But the issue is so like the onion needs to be peeled about what it really is. So I would not, I don't have children, but I would not teach a, a daughter or a son any different regarding respecting their body and what they choose. So there I agree with her. Mm -hmm. The idea of what I call a girl virginity isn't real. I don't know if I would ever say those words, but I would be like, um, what is real is that first experience. Mm -hmm. It is real. It's, it's not, I don't mean it in yeah. a very no, it's the first time you do anything, but something that, and the first time you do anything is an experience. Anything in life that you're doing for the first time is an important, amazing experience. Um, yeah. What you said about promiscuity is is so true because I've always looked at it like, well, promiscuity is a dated term to me. Promiscuity is a very dated, puritanical kind of term that it's like, you, you know, you say it in judgment. It's meant in judgment. And yet to me, promiscuity has become the idea of casual dating. It's like, this yeah. is the idea of I'm seeing multiple people and maybe I'm hooking up with multiple people. Maybe I'm not, but I'm hanging around multiple people and people still love to pull up that term, at least like old school people. You don't hear any young people talking about promiscuity. It's always like, you know, the boomers and like the, you know, Gen Xers that will say it. I mean, after Nelly Furtado. Yeah. <laughs> Which they were doing a song that tried to like sort of be, be like, hey, why don't why why are we so uptight about this idea of somebody, particularly a female, yes. being promiscuous? Yes. yes. Because the tables, when the tables are turned, men are never looked at that way. Men are not they are given so many accolades yeah, for, sure. for how their body count. Yeah. And that, but that's the thing. That's where I'm like, what you should be really teaching them is to demand the respect, the mm -hmm. honesty, and the trust. We like, should be I teaching little girls and little boys. The boys need to learn the to give. That mm -hmm. is the one thing. She is, she is um, first off, my mom ha did always say this because I come from a world of only women with a single mother. So in that sense, I understood this woman. But my mother's thing was a woman's body is the strongest yet the most delicate thing. And he needs to understand that no matter what. Like, and that, that was even something as simple as my mom being like, si no se baña, hygiene, mm -hmm. shower, girl, you don't need no UTI. You don't need no yeast infection. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't be doing stuff like that. My mom, she was just more like, 
take care of your body and make sure you're with somebody who takes care of theirs and is going to take care of yours, mm-hmm. right? And if you are having multiple, like multiple partners, yeah, you can't always ensure that they're going to be so attentive to your body, but you can always be sure you are. And that's where we need to teach them that. You 100%. Know? That's where I'm like, I, I agree, but... It's There's really certain hard. parts, certain parts that we, I think we both agree with where we're like, yeah, I get the idea of what you're saying. I don't know that, you know, teaching them this thing, like that there's no such thing as virginity. I don't know if that's where it's at, but I think the bigger conversation is respecting your body and having that respect. I think what your mom said is absolutely true. A woman's body is the most delicate and most beautiful and strong and delicate thing in the world. It really is. And I, you know, my thing is, we also need to teach our boys respect for their bodies, yeah. respect for their bodies in a sense that like your body count shouldn't make you more of a man. Yeah. It shouldn't equate masculinity. You know what I mean? Like you should respect your body enough the way we teach women to respect their bodies, or we should be teaching women and young girls to respect their bodies enough. Um, to not do harmful things or not to make their value, take their value from their sex or their sex life or their body count, but have more value in the physicality of their body itself. I think that's so important. I think we, we start, I feel like so many things in this, in, in this country and the society we're in now are done wrong in terms of education on sex, where it's like, you're, you've been, you spent so much time trying to prevent these like teenagers and young kids yeah, the inevitable. They're going to be curious about sex. They're going to want to know it. They're going to have sex. Instead of avoiding it, you better be ready to have the difficult conversations. So, like when me and my husband, when I was pregnant, one of our biggest arguments was whether or not to have my son circumcised. This became a huge argument between the two of us because to me, I was like, I'm not letting someone slice a part of my son off from birth. I'm not letting it happen. I'm sorry. I don't care your feelings about it. I'm not letting it happen. He is born and should not be put through that because people love to say, oh, he's a baby. It doesn't even hurt. No, it hurts him. Even the doctor was like, no, it's going to hurt him. It's going to hurt him. It hurts him. And, you know, his argument was, you know, this, this idea of that a circumcised penis is um, more aesthetically pleasing. It's more normal that other guys would tease him. And, and I'm like, we come from different worlds because in, in my world, that's not something you get teased for. You see, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm like, I understand your perspective. I, I'm on his side, but not for his reason. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm on his side, but more so because, well, first off, on your side, I'm like, uh, no, because you're right. Anybody who says they don't feel it, no, they don't remember it. Yes, but they do feel it. They're human beings. They, mm-hmm. Right. So I'm, I'm on the side for that. Cause that would be horrible to like, you don't know, your baby is like feeling that. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's no, I'm also like, it's kind of like piercing your baby's ears. If it's a girl. You know what I mean? That's the first thing he brought up. He was like, would you pierce a baby's ears if it was a girl? And I said, hell no, I would not. I would not pierce my baby girl's ears either. I'm just saying that that, if you would pierce your baby girl's ear, then think of the equivalent. Although that's a private part, it's a little more delicate, so it's different. As a woman, I also will never understand the life of having a penis and what mm-hmm. that is. I do take that into account. So there's where I can understand his side, agree or don't agree. 
But my argument will more be two things for, like for circumcision, if I was in that situation. Um, the first one, hygiene. Um, people think, I mean, people say that naturally you shouldn't be, uh, you should be circumcised. I mean, you shouldn't be circumcised, excuse me. Naturally, your body does what it needs to do. So mm -hmm. in reality, the, your hygiene isn't necessarily a problem just because you're not circumcised. Yeah. But I, as a woman who has had sex with men who have been circumcised and not circumcised, I personally do not like musk. So hygienically, I would be doing that favor to the women of this boy's future. Yeah. That's that's a personal thing. That's a but Catholic the, thing. But that's also a matter of teaching your child how to take care of themselves. Like not to put it on anybody's parents, but it's like, I've been with men who were not circumcised. I've been with men who were circumcised. I've never had an issue with hygiene with either of them. But again, I'm very sensitive with my sense of smell. So even the cleanest of guys like has a, it's natural. It's, you know, it's like, but that's, I feel like, yeah, but I feel like that's it, any guy too. No, but I'm saying that it's different when you have a hood and when you don't have mm -hmm. a hood. So personally, Catherine, that's what I think of. It's selfish of me. It's going. I don't like that in a man. So I wouldn't want to put a, a girl through that in his mm -hmm. future. That's one of my reasons. But the second reason is more because when I was in college, uh, my boyfriend's little brother, who was a teenager, um, he got circumcised as an adult because sex hurt him. It didn't go back fully. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's horrible, and I wouldn't want my son to go through that. I wrap me down. If he's gonna go through the pain, I don't want to wait till he's 17, 18, 19, having sex for the first time, and then crying because le duele. And now, not only does he have to get the adult circumcision, but he's gonna remember it. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna remember it. Like I know grown men that had circumcisions as adults. They made that decision, and to me. And to me, I'm like, if you make that choice and it's not because of, there's physical pain, you made that choice. Cool. That's your choice. Yeah. My whole thing is, first of all, I don't care about you hoes. Any bitch that's with my son later on, I don't care about you. I don't care about your comfort level. I'm sorry. I really don't. I care about my son's comfort level. I care about his comfort level. So I'm not doing you hoes no favor. Uh, I could care less about y'all. But if he were to be feeling physical discomfort, I would still rather it be his choice. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. This doesn't, you know, I'm disagreeing with anybody. I'm saying yeah. it's a very personal thing. The one thing that matters though, is having the type of knowledge of what you will be teaching your children about yes. their body and what is best for them. Right. So respecting their body, they're inevitably, I would hope if you teach a boy to respect his body, he will yeah. respect her body. Like one of the nicest things that, I like, I won't say what it was the sexual experience, but it was a first for me, not my first time having sex, but another first. And this person, two things, super courteous, super kind, super aware of me and my body. And then afterwards, very like, I don't want to say thankful, but like, um, you know, I'm really, I, I, I don't take for granted the trust you've given me. Stuff like that matters because it's like, mm -hmm. thank you. Because that's what I grew up with a mother going, you do, you know, that your body's the one, a one you get just one. Mm -hmm. So you know that he needs to know that. Right. Yep. So I do believe in teaching your children. Like my mother didn't speak of virginity necessarily, but my mom was very honest of sex will happen. Yeah.
So, and my mom, her biggest thing was always take into account as a woman. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think men, I don't think men go through the same thing. My mom goes, no matter what, please understand. The minute you get your period, your body's forever different. And then the minute you have sex, your body's forever different. And that is important to teach a woman. Yes. Any little understand that your body's different the minute those two, and just like the minute you have a baby, your body's always different. The minute you go through pause, your body's always different. These are things women go through that are very different than men because we are going in us or coming out of us. (laughs) Like that's more important to me to teach a woman than, um, highlighting the virginity you know i agree i agree 100 percent. that brings us to our final segment guys i feel like this little mic makes me want to talk sexy um (laughs) our final segment we're now in our dear gina segment of of the podcast so we will get into our dear gina right now um this is a really interesting one dear gina is a harmful truth better than a painful lie See, I would have flipped painful and harmful. A painful truth is it better than a harmful lie because I feel like lies are more harmful than truth is. Um, truth can be painful though. Like a painful truth is like if you had a homegirl whose man didn't love her and you had to be, and you really wanted to tell her, you know what I mean? Like that to me is like a painful truth where it's like, I can't tell this woman that this person, I just was watching a movie the other day where these two girlfriends, you know, were talking about a relationship that one, one of the girlfriends had been in. And she was like, you were in love with somebody. And it was a woman. You're like, you were in love with a woman who did not love you back. And this girl was lamenting over this relationship that had ended. And her friend had to give her that truth of like, you are wasting your time lamenting over this person that never loved you. And going back, you know, of course, this made her go back over her relationship and think of all the times she was treated badly by this person. But I think because truth can be so painful, we end up telling harmful lies because of that. Because of that reason, I think that's why um, the two are somewhat linked because it's like, I don't want to tell you the truth. So now, and that's where the idea of sugarcoating can be very dangerous when you're sugarcoating things too much. And, you know, I've, you know, had people in my life who never sugarcoated anything. And I don't think that's the way to go either. Um, Cause I'm like, Hey, soften that blow up a little bit, you know, like relax. I think the truth is, is always best. However, unless it's in, it's a situation where would the truth actually better the situation or would the truth make the situation worse and hurt this person more than they're currently hurting where it's like, is the truth going to do the right thing in this moment? Is it going to do the right thing in this moment? Or like, like I remember when me and my uh, husband started dating, we had told each other, we were not going to discuss past sexual relationships. We were not going to discuss that. We were like, I don't care what happened in your past. I'm here now. And it was kind of like, it was just that given thing. And, you know, sometimes when you're discussing your relationship history or your sexual history with somebody that it can be a little too real and it can harm the situation more than it helps. And it can put them in a position where when you tell somebody something that, you know, they are not particularly down with, they can be now put in a position where it's like, oh, now I'm kind of judging you. And now this changes the scope of our relationship because you just told me something that makes me see you differently. And now I don't know if I can go back to the way it was before. 
you know, and that's all the way you want to run your relationship. If you don't care about that, you know what I mean? If you're like the kind of person that's like, not in a messed up way, don't care about it. But if you're the kind of person that's like, okay, well, I'd rather just be this honest and tell this person, no matter how they view me after, which is totally up to you. But I know a lot of people that have been in relationships for a very long time and are like, if I were to tell this person this one situation, they would never see me the same. This one thing that happened years ago in the past, I know my partner would never look at me the same. And so that's why they keep it from them. And I can kind of understand that. You find it more in like, I think relationships with um, an older generation of people where it's like, yeah, I didn't tell this person, I didn't tell my husband that because blah, 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 blah. It, It was unnecessary at the time and it would make him see me differently. I'm a different person now, but knowing him, if I were to tell him that, that would change the scope of our relationship. So I can sort of see where the times where the truth is like, God, this is going to be too harmful in this situation. This is going to be way too harmful in this situation. So I'd rather deal with not so much the lie, but just not bringing up that harmful truth. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. I feel like what you're talking about is um, omission. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not really a lie. And that's the first thing I thought about when this question came up, which is, is something, uh, does a, does a, what is it? Does a tree make a noise if it falls in the woods and if nobody's there? Yeah. No, correct me. It, does the tree make the noise in the woods because it fell and nobody knew it was there? It's one of those. Um, <laughs> you know what she's talking about, people. You know what the tree, you know the tree. You know the tree. Um, but I feel like is a lie a lie until uh, if the person doesn't know it's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's what it's just omission. I'm not disclaimer, I'm not condoning lying. I'm just saying at what point does a lie become a lie? See, because the truth is always the truth. Mm-hmm. But a lie lives in the darkness of secrets, right? And so it's only painful once it's revealed, mm-hmm. only hurtful once it's revealed, no matter how you slice it, painful or hurtful, it's once it's revealed, once it's out there, mm-hmm. right? Where the truth, I think that people who even lie to themselves, unless they're delusional, people who lie to themselves know the truth mm-hmm. to some extent. That's the difference between a truth and a lie, right? Like you just said, if we were in a relationship, if I'm in a relationship with somebody and there's something about their past that they murdered their former lover, mm-hmm. that's, and he omits that, I, well, I'm, I'm never the wiser until I know, right? But a truth, for instance, if I know that every time I bring up, oh, so let me know about your exes. The truth that I do know is that he acts funny whenever mm-hmm. he asks. You know what I mean? Those are the things. The truth is always kind of there. The lie is always there too. The lie just, I don't think it's hurtful until it comes out. Yeah. yeah. For this exact question is the, do okay, I'm the, I, should I answer your question or the question? I mean, go for the question. I think that the important thing is answering the question. Is a harmful truth better than a painful lie? Well, I always, I'm, I'm a big believer in um, truth, you know, will set you free to some degree. Um, and again, within reason, when it's not your business, 
mind your business. <laughs> like, just because it's like, but she needed to know, maybe not from you, like maybe from someone else, maybe, you know what I mean? In another way, not every time do you have to be Captain Sabah. And, you know, uh, uh, like you said, uh, sometimes it's too harsh. I do think there's something about um, gentle. I, I don't believe always about like tough love because you can still say something gently and it not be sugarcoated. Yeah. It just about kindness. So yes, it can be harmful, but I can soften the blow by being kind. So I'm all for uh, whether it's harmful or painful, the truth is the truth and people deserve the truth, especially if not knowing the truth could harm them, right? Now, is it better than a painful lie? Um, in a scenario where hypothetically, you know the truth that someone's spouse is cheating on them and that's the harmful truth. But if you, see, if you stay quiet, that's the painful lie because now you're involved in this person's lie by knowing this information. That's the rock in a hard place, right? I think you really need to ask yourself in that type of situation, how involved should you get or do you want to get? Because are you such a champion for truth that you're willing to involve yourself in someone else's situation, right? Because it's like, this is all about morality. People who do that, they're like, but it's wrong, but it's wrong. You're right, it is wrong, but it ain't your business. So that's a hard place to be in. Now- and That's a hard thing to tell somebody when they're like, why didn't you say something to me? And you're like, it wasn't really my business. Yeah, I want to, but like, you know, that's where I'm bigger on like going to the liar and being like, you got to do something about this. Because I don't like that I have to lie to the person that I have this knowledge. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's different. Uh, now, if it's personal, if it's my own situation, as you said, with um, having a relationship and not wanting to talk about past relationships or anything like that. I think it can only be... Uh, a, a painful lie is, is is better if, as you said, it a person is so sometimes unevolved, underdeveloped, immature that they just really can't handle um, whatever that truth is. Even if that truth is not a big deal, like like for instance, um, body counts, mm -hmm. right? Like you could be a person. I could be a person who's like. I ain't got no shame in my body count, but I fall madly in love with a guy who happens to, at some point that we're dating, make it clear that he feels like a large number. He wouldn't judge me, but you know, he's always like, maybe even compare, he would be like, damn, she got mad stuff to compare it to. Mm -hmm. All those, it would feed his insecurity. I don't know how much I'll be with that guy, but you know, people work on themselves, people, yeah. I mean, like, are you working on it though? Because we're all messes in progress, guys. We're all messes in progress, and I need you to go therapy for that. Um, but yeah, in that sense, I wouldn't I would think that the the lie, the omission, it's just better for the peace of mind where you go, I okay, fine, like we don't need to say that because it's also not gonna be detrimental to our relationship in if I never share this that one number, you know what I mean? If I never shared it, we can have a very happy life mm -hmm. with or without it. And especially if you let me know, I'd just rather not know. And as, as a woman, cause I know there's a lot of like 
there could be this whole like, but men shouldn't be judging your number. Well, I'm, then I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to talk as a woman. There's something as a woman that I wouldn't probably want to hear is like, I don't have no problem knowing the women that a man has been with, but I'm in, I would be indifferent about wanting to know unless I'm going to be around this person a lot. Then I would want to know just because I don't like to be out of the know. Mm-hmm. But like if I went to your hometown, we at a bar, there's a girl you smash like two or three times. You, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. I'm never going to see her again. I don't need to know. Don't tell me you smashed her. I don't need to know. Why right. are you going to create? Because here's the thing. Low key, all night, she going to be in the corner of my eye. Mm-hmm. You're going to create a situation because you had to tell me something that was really unnecessary for you to tell me. And it's not insecurity. It's curiosity. And so, yeah, I don't need to know because I don't, I want to drink my beer. I want to watch the show and I want to enjoy my time. The minute you told me y'all smashed a few times, yes, I'm nosy. And I'm going to be like, I'm nosy and I'm territorial. So yeah. And even if I'm not going to make a fight out of it in my mind, you know, I'm going to be like, Hmm. You know, like like that meme where you see the eyes like looking to the sides. That'd be me all night. Don't do it to me. Not even to yourself, because we might not even fight, but all night I'm gonna be a little like that. Mm-hmm. That's where it's not the worst. So this really is um perspective and situation based. One hundred percent. On that note, guys, hope we answered your question. Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. You can find me on, um, why do I sound like a... You can find me on, yes, Siri. <laughs> um, you, you guys can find me um, on, I'm actually making most of my content right now on TikTok. That's what I'm focusing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you listen to the episode, I'm, I am TikTok. Um, uh, so on TikTok, it's at Catherine G. Mendoza, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-G-M-E-N-D-O-Z-A. On Instagram, same, except there's a dot, a period, right after the letter G in between G and Mendoza. And then on Twitter, I'm here and there on Twitter, um, Kathy Grace, K-A-T-H-I-E-G-R-A-C-E, two, four. Yay, yay. Uh, follow her. She's hilarious. Um, also, you guys know you can find me at G Brion on Instagram. On the TikTok, I am at Gina Brion 80, uh, at G Brion 80, at G Brion on uh, Instagram. Check out the website, ginabrion.com or .net because ballin. Check out The Floor is Lava on Amazon or head over to HBO and see what stuff I have over there. Uh, that said, you guys know I love to end the show with a piece of advice. My mom always gives me, in, and to this day, she gives me this piece of advice. When life is throwing a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time, people. Until next time, deuces. Do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.